2: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
3: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And
2: 29 other MLB clubs.
3: Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, go on. Go Hayes gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge.
2: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on Ace Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Welcome to AceCast Cast Live on the field. A Monday edition as we get you ready for the Oakland Athletics against the Fish. The Miami Marlins are in town for a three-game set. That's Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly, bringing his ball club in here. And if you hear the open there, here comes the judge. They haven't been able to say that a lot in New York, so we have a lot going on. Uh, to talk about in the game of baseball as you look at the scoreboard behind us. Some huge series as they're not updated, obviously, as I start to look at it. as We're going to have the Subway series going on. You're going to have Dodgers up against the Brewers. My God, the Dodgers numbers are absolutely unbelievable. Who do we got coming on today? And it's a warm one. So I'll tell you this, if you're coming out to the ballpark, you're going to enjoy... Some southern weather, some southern, some summer weather here at the Oakland Coliseum. Glenn Geffner, the voice of the Marlins, is gonna be here at 4:30. We are gonna to get to the bottom. Finally. As Sandy, Sandy Alcantara got drilled yesterday down in Los Angeles, but is having a year where he is gonna be the National League Cy Young Award winner. And we'll get MVP votes. Sandy is as premier pitcher in the game of baseball as there is. And there's a lot of different ways people like to pronounce his name. And since we watch a lot of MLB Network, we do know that people on the East Coast love to butcher names. So I've heard Al- Al-Contri, Al-Contra. We're going to get the official pronunciation of of Sandy Alcantara, because that's what I believe it is. That's what Baseball Pronunciation Guide says. We're going to get to that, and how is Jesus Lizardo doing, the future of the Marlins, Don Mattingly. We'll get that all with the voice of the Marlins, Glenn Geffner, coming up here at 4.30. Uh, Just got to meet him, and he's going to be by someone I'm really enjoying, uh, pitch, and that is J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears is somebody that there is something about him that when he goes out, you can tell that he's not a player that's just trying to survive. He's going out there to win. And we have talked a lot about it on Ace Cast Live. we talked about it on Ace Total Access, the postgame show, about how players either are out there to survive or out there to win. JP Sears is a guy that's out there to win. And that is a situation where uh, I really en- have enjoyed watching him. The manager uh, just walking by you, Mark Kotz, say, It's a revenge series. Hey, Kotz, is this a revenge series for you? A revenge series? Big revenge? <laughs> yeah.
4: It's a revenge series. Kotze against the Marlins. Is that the buildup there, uh, Commander? I mean, first time the Marlins have been here since 2017. Remember, Kotze went ninth overall. The, where were you in 1996? What ninth overall. Next pick, Eric Chavez went 10.
0: I was doing San Jose Giants. I was a play-by-play man of the San Jose Giants in 1996. Fresh off my senior year at San Jose State. I was seven. You were seven? I, was,
4: I would have been eight later that year.
0: Because you got to remember, I played against Kotze in college.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Never took you deep, though. No,
0: but um,
4: you could have. I just didn't give him the opportunity. There were other Cal State Fullerton guys that did that. There
0: were other Cal State Fullerton guys <laughs> that did that damage. Um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to uh, hear from Glenn Geffner, the voice of the Marlins and J.P. Sears. And I forget, David Force, the general manager, will be here at 5 o'clock. I've got a bunch of questions for him because – Are you as excited as the general manager? You're the guy that traded for these guys. Are you as excited as we are? And it's hard not to. I mean, it's early, but how are you not super excited about Shea Langoliers? I mean, yesterday, if you guys watch NBC Sports California, A's pre- and post-game live, I do those pre-game hits, and I have to tape them before the game ends. So, I'm not always giving exact information with the score because you got to remember when the game ends, their show starts on, on TV. My show starts on A's Cast and the A's Radio Network. So, I got to produce this thing by like the eighth inning. So, I had this whole thing set up yesterday. And then, what does Langoliers do? He gets a triple. And that ends the triple streak by God. It was so hard to believe that this was going on. Uh, we had not had a triple in 81 games. So that ends that streak of no triple.
4: 81 games. Who with the last one, do you know? 81 games ago? Yeah, it was in Minnesota. Or it was against Minnesota. What year? Last year? No, it was this year. It was 81 games ago. Or it was in May. The guy is still on the team. Actually, I think he leads the team in home runs still. Seth Brown? Seth Brown. I believe Seth Brown and Sheldon Noisy were tied for the team lead with two triples right now for the A's. So
0: I already had my thing set. I already recorded it, right? And I'd send it off to NBC. And then we go out. I I go back in and uh, watching the game and bang, triple. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I had to redo it. And it's just like. Every single time this kid gets up, it's something really, really special. And I got to tell you, I'm over the moon over him. I mean, he is showing an ability to drive the ball to all fields. And he's, he's like, stepped right up. I mean, if you were somebody, if you looked at J.P. Sears and Shea Langoliers. Sears and Langoliers. How about that? It could be, like, a company. If if you were somebody had no idea, right, you were just coming to the Coliseum for the first time and you were just watching this game, you would not really look out at Sears or Langoliers as two guys that were rookies. They're just getting their shot. Now, Sears is a little different, obviously, with his time with the Yankees and being brought up. But Langoliers, if you, if you showed up here and even watched the film from texas you would not say oh yeah that guy's just a rookie i mean all he has done is rip the ball down the left field line rip the ball the opposite field hit an opposite field home run hit a ball off the wall for a triple all he has done is hit behind the plate block balls throws he's got speed for a catcher when 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 you had the scouting report sent to you about him during the trade or right after the trade, he has lived up to everything. And everything Fran Reardon told us, down his A manager for the Aviators, I mean, it has been super, super impressive to watch Langoliers. And I may even joke with David Forrest, the general manager, what is his coat size? And do you know why I would ask what what
4: his coat size is? Uh, I have I have honestly no idea why you would ask what his coat size is. Well, if you're going to put him in the Ace Hall of Fame, we need uh, to know what size fair. the green jacket is. Uh, we got to see many ca- how many ca- catches are in A's? Well, Fosse. Ray Fossey. Ray Fosse. Is that it? Is Ray yeah. the only one? Yeah, because no. Well, Gino, Gene Tennis. T- t- is Tennis in? Yeah. Didn't Tennis go in? Wasn't he a part not, of the not, first? Uh, no, maybe. I'd, I'd have to look now.
0: I thought Gene Tennis was in.
4: Let's. It's a World Series MVP for God's sake! Three-time World Series champion. Let's check. Let's check the uh, A's Hall of Him because if not, it's just Ray Fossey. Because
0: Gene Tennis, I don't think, is on the list. On the voting for 2023. Let me. I'm pulling it up. I'm looking at Amelia Schimmel, and you look like you have something you want
4: to say. Is there something you want to say? No. Okay. Gene Tennis has to be in the Ace Hall of Fame, right? Was, was it in the first class? Was not in the second class. He's not, still not in the Ace Hall of Fame. He is not. That's a travesty. He's on this year's voting list. Yeah. Oh, um, Mickey Cochran's in. So there's two. Okay. That's a Philadelphia a, though. That is it. That.
0: That, my friends, is what we call a travesty. Would you say Kevner needs to go now?
4: Well, he said he can come on now. If not, he can wait. All right, let's what, do him wh- now. That's uh, fine. All right, well, wait till he's talking to John Shea. Yeah, I'll grab him.
0: We're, we we are we are 100% flexible here on Ace Cast Live. But I know, I mean, because this is the stuff we need to get excited about. We need to get excited about. Watching the future, the Oakland Athletics, who's the future? I can't get excited over 30-year-olds. I'm not excited over a guy who's 28 who's not going to be here long term. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. I don't feel bad that Jed Lowry. I don't feel bad, Stephen Piscotti. I don't feel bad about Elvis. They've had their times. Uh, they've made their money, and the A's need to go in a different direction. That's where we are. And so I'm going to be pretty excited. When you bring up a guy that everybody talked about how Shea Langoliers was going to be somebody you're going to love and can hit and can do everything, and then he comes up and does it, how can you not be ultra – oh, that's yours. Yeah. How can you not be super excited as an A's fan? I mean, you're looking at that. I mean, right now – and I said it, I don't think it's a good problem, and I'll say it again. Anybody who's trying to sell you that your two best offensive players are catchers, that's a good problem to have, they're lying to you.
4: It's a horrible problem to have. I believe David Ford said it to us when we had him on last time. He I'm said, not buying a, it. All the catchers in the system filed under a good problem to have for now.
0: No, it's not. It's not. I lived it. It's called Benito Santiago and Sandy Alomar Jr. The DH is not an answer. You need to play these guys. These guys need to play. That, that is something that's real. They're at an age to where they need to play defensively every day. So, and that's something that Mark Kotze was asked in the pregame presser uh, is about Langoliers taking ground balls. Or are you going to do anything with them at another position? And as of right now, he said no. Well, that's something that's going to have to be done. As long as Big Murph is here and he is the starting catcher uh, and swinging the way he is and playing at a gold-glove level, he's going to gold-glove level he's going to get the majority of the starts uh and laying at 24 years old is
4: going to need a spot and he asked to answer your question you asked about first base he played eight games at baylor first base and and two in the outfield or two and two and two at left field eight at first base so he has some versatility but all of it's back when he played at baylor in the big 12.
0: so we know at the college level he has worn a different glove we're just going to have to see that going forward with the AAs, and I would like to see as you'll be able to see is, you know, like right now looking out as the A's are starting to take infield, you want to be able to see him take ground balls. You want to be able to see when they're working out, him working at a position with a different glove. You know, that's the key for us being out on the field. When those types of things happen, we'll be able to – look at it and show you, and you'll be able to watch it. That is the benefit of what A's Cast Live does that no other show in baseball has. So if Langleyers actually has a first baseman glove, uh, we'll be able to show you. I mean, that was the one thing we always loved showing you last year was Matt Chapman and his battles with Bob Melvin. and the fun. It was Melbo's, Melvin's fungo against Matt Chapman. And we were able to show you that here on Ace Cast
4: Live from the field. Do you think he has that battle with Manny Machado now? Yes. Because that'd be, that'd be a sight to see also. I haven't asked, but but yes. Because, uh, well, besides the Padres free-falling, although they've won two in a row, that'd be cool to see. But you're right about watching Chappie and, and Bob do the fungal. But we will be able to see, and I'll, I'll make sure I alert you whenever uh, we see Lenglers with a glove at first or, or third. Um Seeing if he has the versatility oh, wow, are you, are you, are you? Or if he's shagging balls out in left field. Do you have new
0: Do you have new information it's now going to be third base? Well, I don't know. I'm just like, I mean, hey, let's face it. He's athletic enough. I mean, do you see him running yesterday? Yeah. I mean, he's got some serious wheels. And that was the thing that Fran Reard told us, that StatCast absolutely loves his speed.
4: It's, it's pretty good. I looked at it on baseball.
0: He, and if he's got the arm... I mean, now it's about angles and how he goes, and he goes after fly balls and line drives in left field. You're not going to ask him to play center field. But who knows, with this organization, no ever, no one ever thought the man who hit two home runs yesterday for the Mets against the Phillies, that bat flip and Mark Canna could play center field. <laughs> we thought he was a DH, maybe a first baseman. Uh, no, uh, Mark Canna ended up being a pretty good center fielder. So, I mean, they. I mean, Chad Pender just walked by, as you saw. Chad Pender's put, been put out in center field. So, with the A's, we're now acting like, I don't know if Langer Lears can play anywhere else. Well, maybe that's something we're have to address with David Force today. No one ever asked you when you picked Mark Cannon in the Rule Rule 5 yeah. draft whether he could play center field, and he ended up playing a boatload of games for you yeah. in center field.
4: Well, I remember, he played, what, most of uh... – what, 2019 play games? 2020. Last year played some when Ramon was out with the suspension.
0: He was a godsend.
4: Yeah. I mean, you got to think
0: for playoff teams. We're just not talking for in a year where your team's not any good. You're talking about teams that were going to the playoffs, that the fact that you could have uh, Glenn Geffner here, voice of the Florida Marlins, uh, is joining us as we speak. But, yeah, I mean, who would ever thought that Mark Canna would be playing center field for the A's? in years that were playoff years. I mean, Mark Canna came over Rule 5, you thought. But for him to play center field like that, uh, unbelievable. Glenn, how are you? Welcome Chris, to A's how you doing? Live.
1: It's good to be back in Oakland for the first time since 2017. Yeah, we're trying to time. think.
0: When's the last time we've seen the Marlins?
1: 2017. We were here for two, and the A's were in Miami for two that year. It's been a long time. I think lots happened since 2017. Oh yeah, there's a lot in baseball and in the world. No, yeah, we were actually talking about that. About
0: last time we were at the winter meetings was 2019 in San Diego. We we're like, what happened after that? Well, the absolute world changed. Let For alone sure. the baseball world. Um, I think this is the great part about what we're going to see with the new schedule is that we want to see every team. You know, growing up in a National League town, I never got to see American League. You know, we're lucky and blessed here in the Bay Area that everybody comes to town, but there's only five areas like that, and the same thing in South Florida. You want to see everybody come to town.
1: I agree with you completely. We had Mike Trout come up with the Angels, but at this point four or five years ago, he was six years into his career playing in Miami for the first time ever. Fans in every market ought to see the great stars in this game. We're yeah. trying to grow the game, and you can't do that unless you're seeing everybody at least every other year. So I know there are those who say, well, it detracts from the World Series. At this point, I don't think it detracts from the World Series. I think it makes the sport better and I think it gives you something to look forward to. It's going to be very different for sure. Uh, You know I think to me 19 games within your division are too many and so it's nice for me to scale back on that a little bit and we'll see the A's again next year and the year after that and the year after that and uh, that's great for baseball in my opinion. My answer to all the baseball purists whenever we get
0: into it hurts the World Series. Too much playoffs, too much this. My answer
1: always is this.
0: Well, it hasn't hurt the NFL or the NBA. You're right? It seemed to work. It seems to work for them. I think it can work for us. And
1: here's the thing: you use the term baseball purist. I used to think of myself as a baseball purist. But if you think about it, what does that mean? I'm somebody who loves baseball. I want what's best for baseball. If you're a baseball purist, are you saying we should go back to 16 teams and no playoffs, just? the league champions (laughs) of the World Series. You know, are are we going back to that? What does baseball purist mean anymore? The game is better with the designated hitter in both leagues. You know, that's just the bottom line. It's a better game. I know the purity of the game says one thing, but what's best for the game? To me, what's best for the game is what's most pure. And with those of us who care passionately about the game – ought to be talking about it and hoping for And in some cases, we're seeing that come to light.
0: I also like to bring up, there's this little tournament that happens in, in March
1: called the NCAA Tournament. I've heard of that one. They keep expanding. It seems yeah. to work. It works. It, look, I'm not looking for 25 teams in the playoffs, but you know what? Look around at the playoff races this year and the yeah. increased enthusiasm and more markets because you have that third wild card. We wouldn't have much of a history in Miami if it weren't for the wild card to begin with. The Marlins have won two World Series without ever winning a division championship. So uh, I'm not going to frown on that. Again, you know, you can have too many teams in the playoffs. I don't think everybody should be in, but I think we're there right now. I think it's good for baseball, and I think it's good for fans across the country. All right, we got to settle something once and for all because you have Uh-oh. one of the
0: best pitchers in baseball, and I think it's Sandy Alcantara.
1: Not what really. Do, what do you call it, Sandy Alcantara? Alcantara. You kind of you, you kind of roll that second to last A a little bit. You know, if you want to go full Miami Alcantara, you can do it like that. Because uh, he, everybody of butchers it. Bit. It's all well, we hear bus. a lot of Alcantara, which it's not – Alcantara is what we use. Al- Alcantara. Contra. Sandy Alcantara. Okay. And he's really good. And he had a bad day in L.A. yesterday, but that doesn't track from the year he's having. He's been absolutely remarkable. And he's a throwback. He could pitch. I was having this conversation in Philadelphia with Charlie Manuel on our last road trip. He said he reminds us so much of Roy Halladay. But yeah. what Charlie said was he could pitch in the 60s. He could pitch in the 70s. He could pitch in any era because he wants the baseball. He wants it for nine innings. He's not one of these guys who we see so often in this day and age who you put a man out in the fifth inning, he's looking over his shoulder, see if somebody's up in the bullpen. Sandy does not want to come out of games. And he's been a workhorse. He has been really good. Again, had a bad day yesterday, first one in a long, long time. He's human, but uh, he's had a remarkable year. and. If you voted today, he's the sign award winner. I don't think there's any question, but we still got uh, seven or eight more starts for him.
0: Well, that's the thing that is so amazing, that in a sport where the front offices are controlling the game so much, this whole third time through a lineup, under 100 pitches, and we start, you know, by the time you guys are done, I'll get done with the pregame show. we got MLB Network on. We're seeing the highlights, and I'm seeing eight, nine innings. How – How is he allowed to do that in a sport that they're not allowing anyone to do that anymore? Well, here's the
1: thing. He was pitching in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. He was through seven innings on 71 pitches, he's very efficient. And teams, it's interesting in watching how his season has gone. Teams take two approaches against him. Uh, in some cases, they're very aggressive against him, and he can use that against you if yeah. you want to do that. But if you want to wait and take pitches, try to drive the pitch count up, well, he's going to strike you out because he's around the strike zone all night. So uh, the Dodgers kind of ambushed him successfully yesterday. They got him early in the count, and they had hit him very hard twice last year also. They might have something on Sandy. we got to figure that one out. But uh, he, he's remarkable. He's efficient. And he works quickly. He can beat you with a lot of different pit different ways, you know, if he doesn't have a great slider, he can beat you with the changeup on a given night. He can beat just with his fastball. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. How's our guy Jesus Lazardo doing? He's been a lot of fun to watch also. You know, he came over last year and There was a little bit of an adjustment period for him. He didn't pitch great down the stretch last year when he came over. I think part of it is being back home, and all of a sudden, friends, family, got that whole degree of uh, interest in you. Tickets, tickets, tickets. Things like that. But... uh, He went to the Mel Stottlemyre Jr. lab this offseason. Mel Stottlemyre Jr. is our pitching coach who's been tremendous. We've seen a lot of pitchers grow under Mel's tutelage. And Jesus, from day one of spring training this year, looked like a different guy. He was off to a great start. Then he had the forearm strain very early on. So he was on the injured list from early May until just a couple of weeks ago. But he's made some huge strides forward this year. The slider is terrific. He's using the changeup very effectively. He's throwing more strikes than he has in the past, doing a better job keeping the ball in the ballpark than he has in the past. He's really put himself in a spot in an organization where there's a lot of pitching coming, and there are a lot of guys you project to be in this rotation a year or two from now where you say, wait a minute, don't forget Luzardo. He's here now, and he's pitching like a guy who belongs in this rotation for a long time to come.
0: Well, you got the guy going tonight.
1: Ooh, you're talking
0: about 6'5", yeah. about 220, fastball yeah. slider, nasty
1: change coming You ever, you ever see a 95-mile power changeup? Because I mean, you're going to see one tonight. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's a freak, Edward Cabrera. Uh, throws 97, 98 generally, and at times his changeup will be at 95. And I've asked the question, at that how? point, what's the difference between a, a two-seamer and a changeup yeah. when you're throwing it at 95? But the motion on the pitch, they, you know, it's a legitimate changeup. And uh sometimes ninety two ninety three it sinks and it, it it breaks and uh you know he can throw 92-93 also, but occasionally he'll hit ninety five with a changeup, but it's got that action, late action, and when when he's efficient, he's gotten in trouble his last start, he threw too many pitches. The Padres really grinded him out a little bit. But when he's efficient, he can get deep into games with electric stuff and he's a baby and he's just getting his feet wet in the big league. So uh, you know, the one thing this team has done for the most part this year is it's pitched pretty well. They've got a lot of pitching coming. We hope we had some top prospects go down with Tommy John surgery of late. But, uh, you know, they just got to score some runs. Like the A's, uh, they got to find a way to score some runs because it's hard to win games two to one night in and night out, particularly in the division where the Marlins play, where you're playing some very high powered offenses most nights. Uh, so it's been tough.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Scored four or fewer runs in 22 consecutive games.
1: They had a streak of three or fewer that got up to, I think, 16 or 17 games, which even was more historic. But then they scored four, so now you you move the streak out a little bit. But this is a team that last year and for the last four years really has been out or near the bottom of Major League Baseball, most offensive categories. Last year they pitched well, lost a ton of one-run games. So the thinking was, if we add a couple of bats, hit a few more home runs, we can flip those one-run games. So they brought in Avi Garcia this winter, they brought in Jorge Soler this winter, and both of them have been huge disappointments before in both cases getting hurt, and neither one of them are here now. Jazz Chisholm, the second baseman, who's voted to start the All-Star game, has been out since late June with a back injury. Uh, Up until a couple of days ago, he was still the team's leading home run and RBI man. Jesus Aguilar finally passed him, but uh, Garrett Cooper, who went to the All-Star game this year, is on the injured list now. So... They've had some guys underperform, they've had some guys get hurt, but this recent stretch going back to July 6th, now over the last 42 games, they're averaging about 2.3 runs a game, not hitting home runs. Up until a few days ago, actually, Aaron Judge had out-homered the Marlins since July 6th. He's finally cooled off a little bit, and the Marlins have hit a few home runs, but I think since July 6th now, the Marlins have 19 and Judge has 17 or something like that. But uh, the other thing is, because of injuries, because some guys have gotten demoted, This team's had 109 home runs all year. 62 of them are not on the Major League roster at this point. They're either in AAA, they're on the injured list, or they're out of the organization. So uh, they are not going to come in here these next three nights and light up the scoreboard. You know, you're probably going to see some 2-1, 3-2 games, and a lot of people like those, but it's just hard to win like that consistently in this era in Major League Baseball. One way or another, the Marlins need to find some more offense to be competitive.
0: Well, that's one thing that I have a rule of thumb here for us. If you're going to be bad, be bad quickly.
1: <laughs> well, we've played some quick games lately. When you pitch well and you don't hit a lot, you got a better chance of playing 245. But, uh, yeah, that's all right. Quick games. Yeah, anything, that.
0: That, anything that's under three.
1: Yeah, maybe with the pitch clock coming, we'll see more of that. You see a lot of it in the minor leagues these days. I'm all for pace of play, the tempo. I love pitchers who work quickly. Uh, we're talking about Sandy Alcantara, a guy who works very quickly. It just makes for better, cleaner, crisper, more entertaining baseball.
0: What can the expectations be for the Marlins? Let's start looking into next year. When you have what's happening in New York, you have what's happening in Atlanta. Obviously, the Phillies are much better. They're battling day-to-day to to get into the postseason. They're all going to spend a lot of money. Just just where are the Marlins in the future looking at the other guys in your division?
1: And that's the thing. You don't improve in a vacuum. And a lot of people forget that. Well, go spend more money, bring in better players. Well, you know what? The Braves are trying to get better, too, and they're really good already. And the Mets, obviously, are really good already and trying to get better. The Nationals are going to be better before people think. I have a feeling, with new ownership likely coming in very soon, they're going to make a splash. They've already brought a lot of prospects in in some of the trades they've made last year and this year. I don't think the Nats are going to be down for long, either. So the Marlins are in a very tough spot. Uh, they've put a lot of emphasis on scouting and player development under this new ownership group in the last five years. Shouldn't call them the new ownership group. It's been five years now. Uh, We're starting to see some of these prospects get to the big leagues to this point. Many of them have underperformed in the minors. Many who've gotten here maybe haven't looked like they're entirely ready to go at this level yet. So they're going to need some of those guys to come through. The problem that they've had now is they decided to go out this past offseason and spend some money and they did. They brought Jorge Soler in. They brought Avi Garcia in. They extended Sandy Alcantara. But when you spend the money on Soler and Garcia and they flame out, then you're in a really tough spot. And and that, I think, sets this team back unless you can look at next year and say, okay, Soler and Garcia are going to bounce back and be better players than what they've been this year. To me, they were both kind of risky signings in that they've always been complementary players in really good lineups and in many cases in good hitters' ballparks. Now you bring them in here to be focal points in the lineup in a good pitcher's park, the expectation level is different and neither one of them has come close to having the kind of year the Marlins would have hoped for. What they've done, though, is more in line with kind of what they've done in their career, Uh, but the expectation for them is a lot higher coming in here than it has been in the past. So there's always been a streaky guy, home runs, strikeouts. That's what he was. He was streaky, Hit some home runs, struck out a lot, didn't hit for a high average, never has. Garcia's been a guy who every other year puts up pretty good numbers, not elite numbers, but pretty good numbers but often as the number six or seven hitter in a good lineup in a pitcher's park in a place like Milwaukee, for example, or the south side of Chicago, uh, it's different in Miami. It's different in this lineup. So they need J.J. Blade to become the kind of player they thought he would be when they drafted him fourth overall coming out of Vanderbilt uh, back in 2019. He struggled at the start, right? Yeah. You know what, though? He's putting up competitive at bats. He's looked pretty good at the plate. Uh, He's got, I think, what, he hit his third home run yesterday. He's only been up for a few weeks. Uh, he had a hot stretch. He's cooled off, but he's putting up good at-bats. Some other guys aren't giving you competitive at-bats. It looks like Blade's well, guy who's got a plan, knows what he's doing, but they need him to come through. They need some of these other young guys to really step up because they're never going to be able to spend with the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies and the Nationals.
0: Let's end on this. You know, Now that we have the captain going on right now and everybody's been enthralled about Derek Jeter and his career – in new york when you look back at Derek jeter his
1: career as a part of the ownership group and running the marlins how do people see it well when he came in the point i made was this guy's never lost at anything in his life you think he's going to lose at this it didn't go great for four years and uh eventually he and the owner made the decision that it's time for Derek to move on to whatever his next project is uh he had high hopes I'm not sure he knew exactly what he was walking into, kind of the depth of the issues of the perception of the franchise and the community and the business community, uh, where this team has been on the field, off the field. There was a lot of work to be done, and they undoubtedly made some steps in the right direction, but there still is a long way to go, and this team very much needs on the business side and the baseball side leadership that can uh, be creative and bold and do some things differently because – This is not a typical market, on or off the field. Oakland is very much in the same same realm. And you look what the A's have done over the years under Billy Bean going all the way back. And they understand the cycles. And they're really good for three or four years. Take a step back. But the A's have shown they can get back to that level after uh, that step back. The Marlins need to show they can do that. And it's going to take some creativity and some boldness. And, you know, I I look at Tampa Bay, I look at Oakland, I look at what the Dodgers, even though they got a big payroll, the way the Dodgers have gone about things there, what the Braves have done over the years, the the kind of minds they bring in, uh, the culture that's created in the front office and on the field throughout the organization, the expectation level that you put on players on and off the field, how you conduct yourself, how you play the game night in, night out, the accountability level that you see in certain places, that's all stuff that needs to be put in place in Miami. And... We just haven't seen it yet, quite honestly.
0: Biggest difference between the A's and the Marlins, the biggest difference, we don't have the Clevelander in left field. That is the biggest difference. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. Chris, it's fun talking with you. We truly appreciate it. Enjoy these next three days. Count
1: on it. Thank you. JP
0: Sears up next right here on A's Cast Live.
2: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation.
3: com
2: Streaming from the East Bay A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
0: That's right it is A's Cast Live and one of the guys that I can tell you I've been pumping up big time in the post game show because just like the way he goes after is this man right here, J.P. Sears. He joins us for the first time. It's great to meet you. Welcome to Oakland. This is where the fans get all their A's information. Okay. Nice. And uh, so far, so good.
5: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting since I've been here. Uh, feel already feel really comfortable. The guys have been great. Um, Kasi has been great to me and getting to know everybody. And, yeah, it's a warm welcome for sure.
0: You know, I think a great word for you is comfortable because – you know, so many guys earlier in their early in their careers, they go out there just to survive, right? You go out there to win. Yeah. You're competing to win, and I think there is something about being comfortable. But tell us what that is about you when you go out there. You do have that confidence.
5: Yeah, I think that uh, if you don't go out there with confidence and you're facing some of the best hitters in the world, then you know you're gonna you're behind the eight ball already. So uh, yeah, definitely go out there with confidence and just. Uh, you know, try and fill up the zone and try and compete and, you know, put myself in the best chance to win the game for the team. Of course, the first time we got to see you was you
0: pitching against the Oakland Athletics. And when the trade happened, I immediately thought, well, he's been pitching at Yankee Stadium and you're pitching for the Yankees at a time when the Yankees were rolling. They're talking about all-time record potentially could happen over 116 wins. A lot has changed since then. Uh But talk about what it was like pitching in new york at that time when it, the, all the spotlight was on the yankees and potentially one of the greatest yankee teams of all time
5: yeah yeah i felt really blessed uh to make the team out of camp um with the extended rosters and really get a lot of experience under my belt and in a great stadium like that and uh around you know some really lively fans and uh you know every game's a big game there so um it's definitely it was a great place to play and uh, i feel blessed to have been a Yankee, but. Uh, I'm excited now about my future here, and uh, my, my mind's here, and my, my focus is here, and um, it's been great here so far. Because you come here, it's the land of
0: opportunity. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming when you got trade, you knew right away, I'm going to have a chance to pitch.
5: Yeah, uh, I think that, uh, that you know, that part of it, yeah, is always in your head, you know, uh, you, know, you want to be in the big leagues, you want to pitch in the big leagues, you know, I want to start games in the big leagues, so... Yeah, that was definitely on my mind. But, uh, yeah, I just try and show up every day and, you know, do my job, and and, and that's just to compete for the organization wherever they need me and, uh, you know, provide value and and just do my best when I get out there.
0: You know, is there someone that you look at who you say their game, you pattern your game, left-hander, fastball, breaking ball change, is there somebody that you looked at? Um,
5: Yeah, I would say that, you know, I enjoy watching a lot of, you know, fellow big league players uh especially the superstars out there uh you know there's a lot of le- left good lefty starters nowadays and uh, a lot of guys that bring a lot to the table i think i feel like carlos Rod- rodon is uh, somebody that i i like to watch pitch a lot you know he's you know he's got great stuff you know he runs it up you know a little more than i do below yeah. wise but uh i just like how he competes out there and really uses his fastball um you know in all counts and um and tries to put his team in a you know good position to win too. So uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of guys that I've watched coming up you know through the minors uh, with the, whether it's the Yankees or West Coast teams. But uh, yeah, just trying to go out there and have fun.
0: Yeah, because I think that in a world of baseball now where everything is about velocity and everything is about you know does he throw a hundred? Is it 98? Mm-hmm. 9? That's never going to be your game.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, velo, uh, we trade, we chase velo a lot, uh, that- that's, everybody wants to throw hard, you know, that's part of baseball, uh, I kind of take an emphasis on that more in the off season, you know, I still try and get better, whether it's, you know, my average velo or topping out in the game, so, uh, I think that, yeah, VLO's definitely taking over the game, and it's a big part of it, and you're gonna see a lot more in the future.
0: How much do you like pitching in a place like this that's so big, mm. with yeah. wind, and at yeah. night the ball doesn't fly? Yeah,
5: yeah, it's, uh, you know, great weather every day, um, Beautiful, beautiful skies, a lot of foul territory, uh, definitely friendly for a pitcher, and, um, you know, great vibes at the ballpark as well. So, uh, yeah, just overall great baseball feeling here.
0: Because that's the one thing that, you know, going back to the World Series teams of the 70s, 80s, everything has always been built off pitching and defense. Mm-hmm. In a game where everybody talks about offense and how many home runs, here it's always yeah. been about pitching and defense. And one thing I think, as you just said, you had to notice right away is like, Wow, there's a lot of foul territory yeah. here. This really helps
5: out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that that was evident in my first start here uh, a little over a week ago. Um, yeah, I got like three or four yes. you know, in a row, and uh, yeah, that's a great feeling knowing that you know at some places you know that's no doubt a foul ball, and you gotta you know stay in the count and still get the guy out. So uh, getting some of those a little bit easier outs some foul territory definitely makes you know you you lengthen the game as a starter and um, you know put yourself in a good position.
0: I always like to ask, there's so much data, so much technology at your disposal. Some guys love it, some guys not at all, some guys in between. Where are you with all of that to prepare yourself to
5: pitch? Yeah, I think that uh, whether or not you're an analytical person at all is without a doubt a part of the game now. Um, You see it watching it on TV, exit velos, miles per hour velo. All those things, uh, yeah, I definitely use it to my disposal, you know, getting ready for starts, whether or not it's, it's, you know, keeping up with my maintenance of making sure that my body and my arm and all that are, you know, in consistent positions all the time when I'm getting ready for games or, you know, trying to find holes in, in hitters, you know, in hitters' uh, swings or anything like that. So uh, there's a lot of data out there nowadays, and um yeah, I try and use most of it as I can.
0: And he came over with Chuck and he, he pitched over here in the East Bay at St. Uh-huh. Mary's. Yeah. Uh, what should we expect from him when he comes up?
5: Yeah, I'm excited to hopefully have him soon. He uh, he's a great competitor. Uh, I think he I think you'll see a lot of fire out of him. He's uh, he attacks hitters. He uh, he pitches with his fastball. Uh, you know everything he throws, he throws it at you. He's you know he's aggressive. Um, He's a fun guy to watch. I enjoy watching him when I've gotten to watch him, you know, some this year in Scranton um, and then in Vegas as well. So excited to have him whenever the time comes. Just
0: how weird was it pitching in Vegas where all of a sudden you're in the desert and then if you're not in the desert, you're somewhere in elevation, Uh, you know, dry air, ball flies forever. What was that like? Yeah,
5: I've never pitched really west of – I guess I spent spent a summer in um, Everett, Washington, so a little bit like that. But, yeah, even drier of – yeah, definitely some home runs that you look around you're saying, did that ball really get out? Uh, (laughs) The ball feels a little different. Um, Yeah, there's some adjustments, but uh, it's still baseball. Um, You know, you still got to go out there and compete and, you know, try and win.
0: Yeah, you know, we were talking off the air. He's from South Carolina. I was down there uh, right at the start of baseball season. I was down there when I went to the Masters. South Carolina is just beautiful. Yeah. And it's just, a, you know, it's a beautiful part of the country. If anybody from out the west coast can go out, beaches are phenomenal. Yes, yes, great beaches. I mean, beaches. very impressive, yes, very yes. impressive. But now, you know, you go to Citadel, the Citadel, it's a military college. Yeah. What was that experience like?
5: Yeah, I learned a lot at the Citadel. Uh, it's definitely a one-of-a-kind place. Uh, you know, I feel blessed to have gone there, um, You know, go through my college experience there. I met a lot of great friends, uh, great coaches, um, great teammates. Um, yeah, it's a one-of-a-kind place. I feel like I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about orga- organization and um, how to be prepared every day to be – you know, a leader in in whatever aspect of life, you know, you choose. And so uh, it's definitely got me, you know, prepared for pro ball because, you know, being in the big leagues or in the minor leagues, you know, it's a a really uh, rigorous schedule. So, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll find myself looking back on those days where things could have been, you know, were a little bit worse. A little bit worse when you're – Folks, it's a military school. If you don't
0: know about the Citadel, it's one of the six military schools. So. He wasn't walking around late to class and flip-flops no, every day. No,
5: no, We, had, we were on our uh, P's and Q's there. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a one-of-a-kind place. Um, a lot of great people there and learned a lot of good things and got a good education as well.
0: Well, I and I think, that you know, the number one thing that can help you here, help you at every level, help you in life, is truly the structure you yeah. get when you go to one of those places. Yeah,
5: and I was blessed with good parents growing up. So, you know, I, I had a good idea of structure, but – you know just the consistency of doing it on your own really really changes things for you and you learn to how you know things that i'm good at bad at that i need to work on and uh, it definitely got me ready for life so i feel blessed to have been there
0: what are your expectations of yourself the rest of the way here cuz this is a big stretch for you
5: yeah um i think that uh, a lot of us a lot of us get ahead of ourselves too much uh, i've always you know taken the idea of i, I go week to week um you know, I, I don't really know what our schedule looks like past the, you know, the next week from now. You know, I'm getting ready for my start. Whenever, you know, whenever my next start is, um, whatever team I'll, I'll face. So, kind of look more so in the future, week by week, so I don't get too ahead of myself. But uh, yeah, just trying to go out there and compete and stay healthy and, um, you know, pr- provide depth for the team and uh, and just do my best to win every time we go out there.
0: Yeah, and then your old team, the Yankees, are going to come to town. Everybody's got a Yankee story, right? I mean, because it's just different. It's New York City, it's the biggest stage. There's something where you go, oh wow, I'm a Yankee. Uh, what was that moment? What, what what was your Yankee moment that you had as a young player?
5: Uh man, as a young player, uh, you know there was a lot of first there. You know uh, um, there were some guys there that are that are really good people and that you know did a good job taking me under their wing and uh, showing me the ropes, but. uh you know they have a wall there that I think that if you if you played in a game with them, then you get to sign. So uh, you know I felt really blessed. There was a, uh, to sign that wall, and there's a lot of really legendary names yeah. ar- around it, and a lot of legendary people that have played there. So um, yeah, it's it's a special place, and I'll and I'll, and I'll definitely remember it. And um, I'm looking forward to, to facing them.
0: Well, we appreciate the time. I'm telling you, between you and Langoliers, how about him?
5: Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's uh, he's. He's almost, you know, he's already got it. He's he's here, he's here, and he's he's ready to go. You know, um, you know. Let me ask you this. Yeah.
0: If you had no idea, you're a baseball fan, right? You've never seen an A's game. You got no idea Langoliers that was traded. Yeah. He's been sitting in AAA, and you sat up in the stands and you watched Langoliers. Would you think he's yeah. a rookie?
5: Uh, I would, out of doubt, not think that he's a rookie. Uh, I would, I would have to think that he's four or five years in. That he's, you know, he's got a lot of at bats under his belt. He's super poised, super comfortable. Um, you know, works really hard in his cage work, and I, I, he, he's just really a prepared human and. Uh, I've been blessed to be on the field with him, and I'm looking forward to hopefully many more with him.
0: Yeah, he, he, he is tremendous. And also just, you know, I think about also for you being traded, as you already traded before, right? You were yeah. a Mariner, yeah. drafted by the Mariners, so that, that's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, I know I think it's a big it's, deal, but not as much the first time. Uh, yeah,
5: different parts of your career, or you know, trades kind of mean a little bit more. You know, I was still young with Seattle. Um, you know, I was blessed, you know, that they, they took me in the 11th round and took a chance on me and, you know, gave me a lot of opportunity there to try and shine and, um And then, uh, so yeah, the the trades are trades are unique, and it's a it's a crazy feeling. Um, But uh, yeah, this one was was definitely an exciting one, and I'm excited about the future here.
0: Well, you look great in green and gold. Well,
5: thank you, I appreciate it. And we look. It's a good adjustment. Yeah. I it, like it.
0: It's, uh, we're I've looking, never not
5: had. I've never – I've always worn blue my whole life. You know, high school, college, Citadel, uh, you know, and then with the Yankees, I never had anything but blue on. So, it's a little change for me.
0: Well, fans are excited because, you know, you think you pitch well going to the offseason. Next thing you know, you're in spring training yeah. and you're looking at a potential spot right there yeah. to start 2023 season in a big league rotation. So, yeah, we're all looking see. forward to the
5: development and watching you grow right. here in Oakland. Right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Great.
0: Great meeting you. All right,
5: thank you. Good luck. We got
0: more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
5: It's only a kick.
1: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's
5: only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
3: You got this. Adidas.
2: AceCast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: All right, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, David Force, is going to join us coming up here at five o'clock. I'm not gonna ask him this question about Yadier or Molina because he can't answer it. He can't talk about some other player, some or some other organization, but I got to tell you, it, it, it is a divided. If you haven't heard, Yadi Molina owns a basketball team. Where is it, Puerto Rico?
4: Yeah, Puerto Rico he owns the team.
0: He owns a basketball team that was playing for a championship. So he plays Friday and then leaves the team for two days to go watch his basketball team play in the championship. He goes on the restricted list, which means he doesn't get paid. And they're able to call somebody up to take his spot. Odds are, at his age, probably not playing in both games anyway. And the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a columnist, I sent it to you. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I think it
4: was Ben Fredrickson. Or took major us?
0: issue with this. And there's been a debate around the sport of, is this okay or not? And, you know, it's funny. The baseball media, God bless it, loves to be romantic, right? They love to be, oh, it's baseball. Oh, it's a great, oh, it's a Hall of Fame player. What he's given to the organization. If he wants to take two days to do something that's not family-related, yeah, you know, it's one thing if you're at an age where you had kids young, maybe, and you know your daughter's getting married, your son's getting married, something special's going on in your family. They have to do it at this time. A lot of times, people do stuff in the off season. But listen, daughter's getting married, twenty years old. I got to be gone for two days. Think people would think, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me think about it. But when it's a basketball team that you own in Puerto Rico, people are taking exception to it, while there's others that say he's earned a right to do whatever he wants. And learning about this today, I thought about, like, where would I stand if this was an A's player? Because you're signed up as a St. Louis Cardinal right now to win a World Series title. That's what it's about, and you're just not a guy. You're the you're the leader of the team. So there's one thing about ah he's been here for years. Ah he's earned the right. I don't know what "earned the right" means to leave inside a season for something like that. I don't necessarily get where people say you've earned the you've earned the right just to leave whenever the hell you want. No, you're gonna have that right once you've retired. But once again, that goes to the fandom part about the baseball media that we Hall of Fame players, especially at the end. I mean, look at what we've done with Albert Pujols. We just gush over players at the end of their career and then for the rest of their lives as Hall of Famers. There's something about a um, I don't want this to to sound bad. I know it is. There's a real fanboy and all of these grown men who are writers, broadcasters, play by even the play by play guys, T V, radio. There's a fanboy, right? You grow up and you idolize these players and then you're in this game and it's all he's a Hall of Famer and you're a fanboy. It's what you are, basically. No offense, but it's what he's earned the right. Get your ass in the dugout. You're the leader of the
4: team. They honored him too, I don't know if you saw that. They honored him a pull house at Chase Field. They had a, like a I think Bob Nigel, the oh picture. They were like God. they were like honoring, but he wasn't I even there. I'm so over this. What other sport
0: do you get to like be like? Peace out. I'm out for the weekend. I'm going to Puerto Rico to party with my basketball team. So what other sport does that?
4: So Yadi spoke with reporters today. Katie Wu of the Athletic. Uh, friend of the program.
0: I, I'm asking a question. No, no other sports. What other sports? Right, I'm doing the peace I Peace out. I'm going to get hammered with my basketball team because they're in the championship, and actually have the fanboy media go. Oh, he's earned the right. He's everything he's given. He's earned the right to bail on the team when he's the leader. If you weren't, if you were Barry Bonds and you're not leader of the team and everybody thinks you're a jerk,
4: I don't know. I still wouldn't think it, but that. You're this. You're the leader of the team, and you're going for the World Series. Yeah. So Yachty spoke with the media today, and he and he said that uh, talk about his decision to leave the team for the team he owns in Puerto Rico. Said leaving the Cardinals was tough, but it was important for him from a business standpoint and for the city. That's from uh, Katie Wolfie Athletic, uh, the city in Puerto Rico. I don't know. It's. But it's, it's a bizarre situation. I. I'm not.
0: I will not ask David Forrest about that. I can I can guarantee you that. Because um, he can't talk about other teams and other players. That is one of the good things for David Forrest when he comes on this show, knowing that he can't be asked about other team and other players. It's the GM Show with your GM, David Forrest. I hope he's excited as we are about some of these young players who have come up. How are you, by the way? I'm well,
6: thank you. You're not going to ask me about the Marlins players. I don't know them very well anyways.
0: No, I was going to ask you about (laughs) somebody who left their team to watch their basketball team play. Oh, I read
6: that story. That was interesting.
0: It really is because some people are like, what's the the problem? And there's other people like me going, what do you mean, what's the problem? You can't do that, but I will not ask you that. I Uh, I have no opinion. So are you as giddy about – Sears and Langoliers, it almost sounds like a company. <laughs> Sears and Langilleers, as we are.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one game for Shea yesterday. It's one—you know—it's a couple starts now for, for JP. But yeah, I mean, those are the things you have to get excited about because that's what we're doing here.
0: If if you didn't know, like you just showed up, saw the games in Texas, and showed up here and saw and and, and saw Shea play. Yeah. You would not say, "Oh yeah, that guy's a rookie."
6: No you definitely would not but you wouldn't say that if you saw him play in Vegas either like though you wouldn't say like this guy is is young or inexperienced or whatever like i went and saw him play two games in Vegas and it was obvious just seeing that i mean i i read the game reports every day i talk to fran like i know what what he's doing every day but all you have to do is go there and see him play and you see the way he goes about it i mean look he's young he's going to have valleys and and peaks and he's going to swing and miss and all these things but he clearly knows what he's doing.
0: I don't think he's going to have valleys.
6: I've already, I've he's already, the one. I, I, I've already said, what's his coat size? Because we've got to get ready for the A's
0: Hall of Fame.
6: Okay. I hope you're right. But, <laughs> but <laughs> most of the evidence says young players are going to have valleys. And it, it happens. But, uh, but, yeah, it's really encouraging. Five of his six first hits are extra bases. And threw out his first runner. He made a couple other good throws where he could have had guys. So uh, it's been fun to watch
0: so when you were doing that trade and players are being presented to you for matt Olson, how big a part of the deal was shay and did you know he was this good
6: Ooh, that's a hard one it's hard to to say you know what percentage or how important i mean we look we liked all four of the players we got in that trade um you know shay was certainly someone uh, who was in the conversation from the very beginning. I mean, look, you, you look at where he was on the Braves prospect list. You look at our history with him in the draft. And I actually seen him play at Baylor. My one trip ever to Baylor was to see Shea Langler's play. <laughs> um, so, you know, you put all these things together, and, and he was absolutely an important part of that, of that trade. Um, and he's been everything we've expected.
0: And if you look at him, no disrespect, you're not thinking speed. This guy can run. <laughs> he can run, like, legitly
6: run. Yeah, it's not the part of his game we're counting on, but I'll take it.
0: I, it's impressive. So that that's where I get to the two catchers, because I grew up in the world of having Benito Santiago and Sandy Alomar Jr. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was a problem. Now you have a DH, but it, it, if you go in, and I know this is cart before the horse. I get it, but that's talk radio. Uh, if – if you go into spring training and, like, your two best offensive guys are these two guys and they're young, you want them to play defense, too, just not DH, how do you start thinking about that?
6: Well, you, I mean, you said it. We have the DH, which is how we, we solve it now, how we get Shea here now. Um, it's We're way out from having that conversation or that question. So, I mean, I, I said – Last week when we called Shea up, I said Sean is a starting catcher, and that you've seen that. That hasn't changed. Shea's caught the two two day games. He's done a nice job with the pitchers in both starts, um, and he's gotten his at-bats on the other days with the DH. So that's that's all we have to think about now. I don't have to worry about spring training right now.
0: We just had J.P. Sears on, and you I know, already love him because my whole thing, and I say this all the time in the postgame show, with young pitchers and kind of with all pitchers, you have two ty- two types of guys. Guys that go that th- out there to survive and guys that go out to win. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy that goes out there to win. He's pitched on the big stage in New York. He's here. Then I talked to him about going to school at the Citadel, which is a military college. Yeah. You know, it's not like me flip-flop San Jose State walking <laughs> in late. This is a military college. I mean, there's something about this kid. I like it.
6: Yeah. I think you're right, and it's, you know, it's all about first impressions right now, and, and we're just getting to know him, our staff is. Um, and I, you know, I had that first phone call with him after the trade, and a lot of times, you know, that call is no big deal. I introduce myself, welcome you to the A's, here's where you're going, yada, yada. Sometimes, though, you get interesting things out of that call, uh, and and when I talk to J.P., I I sort of started the conversation saying, hey, I know you've bounced back and forth. I know the Yankees have done this with you, this with you. I said, we see you as a starting pitcher. And he immediately said, that's how I see myself. I'm a starter. And and full confidence. He doesn't know me. This is our first conversation. He says, I'm a starting pitcher. I said, hey, we're going to send you to Vegas, get you stretched out, get you on a plan so you can get to Oakland. He's like, great. I'm ready to go. When do I fly? So sometimes in that first conversation, you get a sense for a guy. That was one of those.
0: Yeah, do you get the sense you could see him in the rotation for years?
6: Yeah. I mean, again, peaks and valleys. Yeah. You know, he's got a handful of starts under his belt now, and he's, you know, he's going to have some rough ones. Everyone does. But what we've seen in terms of executing a game plan, going out and pitching with some presence, he's done that.
0: Yeah, it's tough not to get super excited, but this is kind of like what we've waited for, right? right? And I think you know, you guys, fans, we've all kind of waited to see, you know, something from these trades, and you see it, and you get, you're like, you see the future.
6: Yeah, I mean, little glimpses. I mean, we need we need a lot more. You know, we need a lot more players. We need a lot more performances, and there are guys who continue, you know, continue to move up. I, I think I told you I went and saw Lansing and Midland in the last couple of weeks, which was fun to go out and see. Um, but yes, anytime you see it on this field behind us, that's when it's super exciting.
0: Well, the thing that where you guys there's belief is that we know that whenever you do whatever you call it, reboot (laughs) or whatever you, you come back really quick. I mean, we're talking to the voice of the Marlins. I mean, that's not all it's a long, 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 long reboot year after year after year. So there is that street cred when you say that you guys have that hey listen trust us we've done this before i
6: appreciate that yeah and it's nice you know hopefully there are people out there who who believe in what we're doing and our ability to like you said kind of turn it around quicker than most again it's not easy like when is that we'll see i mean the players will tell us when it is when they're ready and when they're ready to perform here
0: Christian Pache, we haven't talked about him in a lot, and we yep. look at box scores and everything, and it's so trust uh, so tough to trust what's going on in Vegas, right? Yes. Pitching or hitter, right? you can't believe anything. Uh, How is he doing? What do you think we'll see him
6: back? We talk about him a lot, actually. So, um, you know, I know, you know we constantly watch the video of his A-Bs because you can't just trust the box score in Vegas. You know, Homer there may just be a fly out here or, yeah. any, or frankly, anywhere else. So we, we talk about Christian a lot. We watch the videos, We you know, between, whether it's front office or with Mark. You know, Mark is keeping track of a lot of these guys in, in Vegas. He does a really good job looking at the system every day, reading the game reports. So um, I'd like to see him back here at some point. I, I, I don't have an answer as to sort of when that is. Um, he's swinging about well against lefties which is interesting um, and he's obviously playing you know the heck out of center field like we know he can do so we do talk about him and, and hopefully there's a time to get him back.
0: how important is that conversation with let's just say Fran Reardon and the coaching staff down there to say okay we're sending this guy back down or we're sending you like JP Sears from the trade yep. and this is what, what this is the game plan we want to see they implement it the communication, the highs, the lows. Just talk us through that conversation and, and how you want to implement that game plan to get a guy back up here so he can be successful.
6: Yeah, that that communication is something we've talked about and worked on a lot, I think, the last couple of years. And whether it's from the major league staff to the AAA staff or from the front office, uh, in the instance, like you said, of the trades, you know, when we trade for a Sears and a Waldachuk and Medina, like, we'll write up full reports, you know, the front office, whether you know, Pike and Ben and Sam all these people working in the front office we write them up send it out and this is what this is why we traded for them this is how we evaluate them this is what we're hoping you get out of them so there's there's those reports then when you send a player down from everyone from the manager and the pitching coach or hitting coach to the trainer to the strength coach, there's always communication back and forth. Say, hey, here's what this player needs to do or here's what he was doing well or not well here. So that communication is really important. It's really something that we've looked to implement from the top down the last couple of years.
0: And how important is it that the player has the buy-in?
6: I think it's important. Yeah, anytime a player gets sent down, they're looking for answers. They're looking to know why. They're looking to know what they can do. So we really we try and you know we try and communicate here. Though when you send a player out here, a lot of times they don't hear what you're saying, which is totally normal. They're, you know, they're surprised or upset at that news. They don't always hear what you're saying. So then you have to pass that along and make sure that Fran or Steve Connolly or Brian McCarn, who's ever there in Vegas, is relaying the same message so they hear it again when they get there.
0: It's kind of like when we're in school, right? And someone would say something. I'm not listening to that.
6: (laughs) It yeah is, except you didn't get sent down a grade every every time you got <laughs> called into the principal's office <laughs> it's a little different
0: and the thing about Pache why we want to be so successful is because he's got gifts he's got yeah. god-given he's got athletic he's got athleticism you can't teach yeah
6: I mean that one was clear we knew that just offensively he was he was really struggling really needed a reset um, and there are things he has done better down there but as you said the 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 performance in Vegas has to be sort of parsed so that you're not just sort of taking everything down there for, you know, at, at face value because it's a different place.
0: When do you think we'll see Waldechuk?
6: uh I, I hope this year. I hope I hope we get a chance to see Ken pitch here this year. I know he's got another start coming up in the next few days. Uh, obviously, come September. We, uh, we get to add a pitcher to the staff. We've talked a lot internally uh, between Mark and Emo about how we handle the rotation with an extra pitcher, whether that's, you know, there's a there's six-man rotation, there's tandems. You can do some different things, move some guys into the bullpen for long-man roles. So we're going to figure that out in the next week, uh, and I'd like to see Ken sometime this year.
0: I, I wish we had rules where you could like, okay, we're going to pitch you for two games. Then we put you on this list where we're, we know what you can do. We need to see what this guy can do. And unfortunately, that's not how the game works.
6: No, it's, you know, there's, look, it's only fair to the players. There's a roster for a reason. Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, they're not just pawns. We move around. These guys are athletes with careers, and, and we have to respect that and, and know what they can do. Look, we're still trying to win games. I, I really enjoyed taking two out of three from the Mariners. I don't know about you. It makes post game
0: a lot easier.
6: <laughs> I'll bet it, it, it makes my post game with the manager a lot easier too. So uh, we'll call it even on that. So yeah, hey, we're still trying to win games and, and see players at the same time.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that because there, there's this article that came out in Tampa about Joe Madden and and there's something about the A's that I don't think I, I, people should know. Something that may not be going with a lot of front offices and their managers that you guys have had. I mean, you guys have always talked about continuity. You've talked about loyalty. For God's sakes, we just put Keith Lippman into the Ace <laughs> Hall of Fame. He's been here for 52 years. Uh, You're year on year what? 23. You think about how long Billy's been here? I mean, Billy O to uh, Kubota, Pam Pitts. Yeah. I mean, your staff. So it kind of doesn't apply to you guys because you guys have had the staff. How long Mark's been in the organization? How long your coaches? How everybody in the minor league system? You guys are so big on that. But if there wasn't that great relationship, just being generic here, between front office, manager, stat, how tough would that be?
6: It's something we had to consider this off season because we did talk to some people from outside the organization about the manager job and, and really strongly considered it. Obviously, we landed on Mark based on his qualifications and, and partly his history and relationship with us, things we felt like we knew. Um, but it was something we considered and realized you you got to put a lot of work in to those relationships because um, because I'm – I'm in that office every day, before the game, after the game. If the team's on the road and I'm not there, I'm I'm on his phone before the game and after the game. So you can't just have conversations and and be emotional about stuff without having some sort of relationship built. And I think it's really helped me and Mark, and I think a lot of our staff this year get through a season like this is is having the trust and sort of the prior uh, the prior engagement or relationship because these are tough. Tough seasons, tough days to get through, uh, and we've had some uncomfortable and, and heated conversations. But at the end of it, you come back to the relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think I just I should have thrown in Melvin. You just had the longest tenured man manager, so it's like you've understand you understand the continuity versus bouncing guys around, always yeah. changing coaches, always ch- change. Sometimes can be great, but change a lot of times can be really rough.
6: Well, change for the sake of change, I've never been a big fan of. Um, but when you have to make a change, then you learn and you grow from it. And look, we brought Bob in here once upon a time without really any prior relationship. I I had never met Bob the day before he landed in Chicago to be our interim manager that year. So we built that relationship, and it took years and years. And eventually we got to the point where you know I had something similar that I have with a lot of people in the organization. But... But when you do it, you got to put the time in.
0: Now, when you start evaluating guys, and you know, whether it's the guys you've drafted, guys you've traded, knowing that these guys truly are the future, how do you like? I want to promote everybody now and get them up here and let's see. How do you not be like that?
6: Patience. Yeah, I rely on the player development people to, you know, to tell us. What a guy's ready for and what he's not, because we can again we can see the performance, we can see the numbers and feel like a guy is ready. Um, and we did that a little bit with Tyler Soderstrom this this season, and you know he started swinging the bat really well, really well. And I check in with Ed, hey, is is Tyler ready emotionally, mentally to handle Double A? And we waited until everybody agreed that he was, and he's gotten off to a, you know pretty good start there. But he you know he was swinging the bat really well in Lansing for a while before we made that promotion. So it it it's a matter of checking in with everybody and and the guys who really know these players, their managers, the the roving instructors. You know, Jim Eppert, our hitting coordinators here this week, and you pick his brain, see who he's – he was in Lansing, then he was in Dominican and Stockton. So he's kind of touched bases with all these players, and while he's here, I need to check in with him and see what he can tell me about the guys.
0: What does a player have to do to get from AA to the big leagues now?
6: I mean, we – you know, we do say once you're on the radar at double-A and performing, it's just a matter of time before you're ready here. That, that said, triple-A is a big step. I mean, it is. there's a big – you're facing older guys there and guys who've performed in the big leagues. So there's there's still that, that step there. But if you perform in double-A, it's just a matter of consistency in my mind. You've got the talent. It's a matter of can you do it day in, day out and be consistent. So you've got to show us that. And you've got to be able to deal with failure because – you know back to the yeah. start of our conversations those valleys like you have you know you could be you could be an all-star in double-a and you're going to come up here and you may start over for 15 and can you handle that and can you show us enough to get through it for us to keep you here
0: is that a really tough one for you to, to promote someone from double-a to tri- ride over triple-a to the big leagues yeah
6: i don't i can't remember the last time that's Who what was i'm was trying to it? think danny, I, danny putnam I, I think did it he came straight from midland to baltimore but that was a long time ago. So we don't often do that. In, in fact, almost never. You got you to gotta stop in AAA and face some of those veteran guys who, you know, may not be blowing the way you guys in A are, but they'll carve you up.
0: But probably easier for a pitcher to do it than a hitter.
6: Yeah, th- I would say so, just because, this, you know, the stuff will play. Yeah.
0: I, I, I need some help on this, and, and we'll end on this. I need some help. So, like, like I'm going to give you a couple examples. Yeah. Like in football. When it's third and ten and the receiver runs like a seven-yard pattern, catches it, tackle it, well, now the punt team comes out and you go, well, you had to get ten yards. Why don't you run ten yards? You love basketball. All right, coming down the court, Mm -hmm. three-on-one you got numbers. Easy dish dunk layup you got two points it said the guy with the ball pulls up and shoots a three you go what are you doing right
6: okay. i'm so far i'm following most so, of what you've laid out
0: sometimes <laughs> when a pitcher only goes five innings i feel that same way i'm like why <laughs> why I, I i know i'm old school i know yeah. it's the air i grew in it when i started i had to go more than five guys that you played with this start went than five tell me how to get over it tell me how uh,
6: the one thing i will tell you is just because someone has performed well up till a certain point doesn't mean he's going to continue performing well. That's not an indicator. Past performance is more of an indicator. So look, Mark and emo are making the decisions down there. Obviously, we discuss it with them, but uh, to this point, I think they've done an outstanding job with this staff.
0: I get so at five. I just I just go, come on, man, one more,
6: one more. You're telling the kids to get off your lawn at the same time <laughs> as your. I got my shotgun. There. I'm like,
0: get up. <laughs> Do you ever think that? Ah, one more. No, no. I know. I I just have to get over it, huh? Yeah, I mean that's. But you don't like when that guy pulls up for a three and you got numbers.
6: In today's game, if you're shooting forty percent from three, hey, I'll take my chances. Um, they, look. They, both games have changed. This these starting pitchers are not doing what we asked guys 20 years ago to, to do. It's a different game. The bullpens used differently. The nut we have more relievers. Like it's a different game. You have to you have to accept that and adjust. Guys, you know, 20 years ago weren't shooting threes as much as they are no, now. If that guy true. on the break wants to take a three and makes it four four out of 10 times, keep firing.
0: Oh, you know, one more and I think this this, this is good. For this conversation. Okay. Are we are going to talk soccer? Is. No, or is, no. is <laughs> nah. Anything we'd be talking football season. <laughs> nice to
6: have football season back, huh? I watched Man U Liverpool today. That's football. A different type of football.
0: <laughs> uh, AJ Puck for the fourth time went back to back yesterday. Yeah. I noticed that and I, no one's talking about it. I was talking about it in the post game show going, this is big. Because I don't know if he's ever going to be a starter. He yeah. may. I mean, you guys may still see that. But that's that role that if guys are only going to go 5 a guy that multiple times a week can come in and give you 2 to 3 innings right. is going to become a really valuable guy for a staff if you're still limited to only so many pitchers how valuable is that guy and could AJ Puck really be that guy
6: yeah i mean we came into this year knowing exactly that role was going to be critical with a, with a young staff or a staff that occasionally you know guys were going to get beaten up early and to be honest, like our staff has done a great job. We haven't had a lot of second and third inning exits. Guys have really sort of grinded it out. But, um, yeah, in today's game, that role is critical. I would love for to say like we knew A.J. would do that. Obviously, going back-to-back days for a guy who's never had a full season of work was a concern, but he has now, like you said, gone back-to-back. I think he's able to get stretched out. Like, Is he a starter in the future? I think there's still a chance. You know, He came up. He was developed as a starter. He did it in college. So I think we're holding out hope. But if not, like he turns into that guy who's incre- like you said, incredibly valuable. That's a
0: weapon. You bring a big lefty out throwing 99, 98. Yeah. Any wow. look,
6: any time you've got relievers who can consistently go one plus two innings, not have to churn through and throw four different guys out there, you're at an advantage because you know what you're working with.
0: How is Manchester United doing? Because they're the big boys on the block, right?
6: Ah, uh, not as much anymore. They did get a big win over Liverpool. today. the new manager, lost his first two matches. If he went oh and oh, he's got a go. If he went oh and three, it was going to be tough. So. That's They got a big win at home today against Liverpool. So it was an exciting day in the Premier League. Is
0: that your favorite sport other than baseball?
6: to watch now it is. Yeah, those are the best athletes in the world. It's it's incredibly competitive. The the narratives around those clubs are so much fun. So, yeah, right now watching, and my son loves it. My son plays FIFA. He knows all the teams, <laughs> all the players. Like He talks more about his fantasy soccer team than anything else. So, yeah, we're big into the Premier League right it's now. It's like
0: Cody in MLB The Show. All he does is play <laughs> this video game. and tells me about this team and who he's trading for, and I'm like, oh my God. So
6: I know where Pulisic might end up more so than i know what's going on in the nfl uh, starting quarterback race right now well
0: i'll tell you this keep bringing the young guys is exciting (laughs) we're enjoying this
6: fun couple of days it's a
0: lot of fun and uh it it makes it makes uh post game a lot better i know it doesn't matter That's what i'm here for yes thank you very much
6: (laughs) david forrest the
0: general manager of your oakland athletics right here on a's cast live
2: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: The great Dave Rinetti is here, and if you haven't seen his piece on A's Cast or on YouTube, what we did with him, wouldn't you say a phenomenal new podcast? What is the new podcast that we have, Commander?
4: Uh, Inside the Ace that we launched. Uh, you can First episodes with Dave Renetti. You know who's, you know who's going to be... Uh, an interesting one when we, we're going to have to get her because we did 30 minutes with Dave Bernetti. We might have to put unlimited, infinite time when we talk to Pam Pitts because she's been here since the early 80s, and Pam likes to talk. And that's who I'd like to get next.
0: Pam, I I, I I just think you'd be great as a guest. I'm not going to go Cody and say just she likes to talk. But,
4: but Pam has stories. Oh, she's stories got for days. A lot of,
0: <laughs> she's got a lot. Pam Pitts has a lot of stories she can't tell.
4: Well, Maybe off the air we'll hear something. Of yes, that. off
0: the air. <laughs> <laughs> Off the air, Pam Pitts might be better than on the air. Oh, my God, the
4: sun went down finally. I don't know. I've been. S- it's hot. By the way, have you ever seen a left handed second baseman? Because no. Donnie, Donnie Baseball's out there right oh, now. Oh, the
0: great Don Mattingly.
4: He was playing first during infield. By the way, Donnie Baseball should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. I'm about to say, because he's right there, I'd say if he was if he was 3,000 miles away in Miami.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, if he doesn't hurt his back, he gets to those. Cert- but look, look at his prime years, MVP. He was the best player. I mean, he was one of the best players, if not the best player. It's he was one of them. There was a lot of. I mean, he played with Dave Winfield. I mean, there was great players during that time. But it's,
4: it's just unfortunate he only got to play in one playoff series. I mean, he's been a, he, There's been a lot of him inside the captain. True. Think about it this way: Mattingly's managed more playoff games than he's played it. Yeah, they were, te- they were terrible. Folks, when I was growing up, the Yankees stunk. The Yankees weren't in the postseason
0: every year. The Bronx Zoo, they were an issue. By the way, uh, who we have at two minutes? Yeah. You know what we really haven't talked about? And they talked about today. Our guy Mad Dog predicted that in a seven-game series. The Mets would beat the Dodgers.
4: Who are losing to the Yankees? Runner, Aaron Judge at his 47th.
0: Judge hadn't hit a home run in a while. Nine games until today. Dodgers have won 39 of 47.
4: It's pretty good. Dating back to June 29th. Think about that. The have 45 wins on the year. They won 39 of 47. 39 of 47. They're winning every day. They need to go 32 and 10 to get the tie of the Mariners 116. They lead
0: the majors in ERA, 2.58, runs per game, 5.8. So they have the best pitching and they score the most runs. That's insane. Their OPS is eight forty one. Urias is on the mound, and uh, his last eleven starts, he's ten and zero with a one point nine nine ERA.
4: He's got thirty. You know, he has thirty three wins since the start of last season. Most in MLB. I didn't know he had the most, but he won twenty games last year. That nobody he won twenty games last year, and nobody talks about it. He was like, I think twenty and three last year. And he's having another good year this year. No one's talking about him. They talk about Kershaw. They're ten Mueller. and zero in his last eleven starts. He's
0: ten and zero in his last eleven starts with a one point nine nine ERA, and no one's talking about him for the Cy Young.
4: Yeah, it's uh, everyone's. It's Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah, running away with it. Uh, you call him Alcantara. I call him Alcantara.
0: I mean, thirteen and six, two point four zero ERA. Uh, this guy. I mean, the Dodgers. All focus obviously will be on the Subway Series and A's, Marlins. It's a big now, series.
4: First time since 2017.
0: I mean, where, where where's the set of MLB Network to have everybody here for this series? Well, I
4: mean, Shay Langilleers was on it earlier.
0: I mean, seriously, the fish are in town. When the fish take on the Yankees, you got to be ready to rock. All right, we got to get out of yeah, here. We got to go.
4: Good show today. It was. Tomorrow, we're hoping to have. Joey Wendell, J.P. Aaron Sebia from the Marlins broadcast team, and hopefully Shay Langoliers. Didn't Ken Korak's wife drive him
0: to the airport when he got called up by the Blue Jays?
4: I want to say, I think you told me that story, so you, we might have to ask Ken. His wife
0: is now retired from baseball, but his wife was working for the AAA team in Las Vegas. They were the Blue Jays, and I think she had to drive him because, like, he got called up there to get him to the airport. I think it was Ken Korak's wife who drove
4: uh, Arncebia to the uh, to the airport. Well, if we don't find him from Ken, we'll ask him tomorrow if, when we get a chance to talk to him. All right. Well, we would like
0: to thank Glenn Geffner. We'd like to thank J.P. Sears and the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Force, for joining us on A's Cast Live. Coming up next, A's Total Access. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here on A's Cast Live.
3: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.